And here's what I want to ask you. What is holding you back? What is the thing that's holding you back from going after your dreams and from finding meaningful work you love? Aren't you ready to wake up to the possibilities that are in your life and go after the things you've dreamt of? It's time for you to feel alive again, lit up, and for you to know that you're deserving and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time and I'm ready to help you get started. Now I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week on the show, we're going to help you figure out how you do go after your dreams and find work you love. Here we go. Let's get started. In today's episode, I talked to Alex Cap about creativity, and I just wanted to share this quote by Maya Angelou. You can't use up creativity. The more you use, the more you have. And I think our conversation today will just show you so many things about how creativity can improve our lives and how you can apply it. So I can't wait to get started. Hi, I want to welcome today Alex Cap to the show. She's a creative artist, an entrepreneur, a creativity coach, a singer, and she founded Creative Self Revolution which is her coaching business, and it's a movement. And I can't wait to talk to her today about the role of creativity in our life or the role creativity should have in our life. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. I love what you're doing with this podcast. Flattered to be one of your guests. Thank you. What I would first like to do is have you share with the listeners a little bit more about what you're doing, what you're up to, and how you got to that point. Yeah, so my my business creative self revolution was sort of based on the idea that creativity can help all parts of somebody's life. And I know there's creativity coaches who who help people who are blocked creatively become more creative and my take on it is more that if you are creative and you tap into that part of yourself, it starts to have an outreach to every part of your life. Like your relationships get better with other people, your relationship with yourself is better, you're able to speak up for yourself at work. You know, every single part of your life can benefit from this. So once you really start to tap into it, it's this amazing thing that just expands and it's a tool that you can continue to use the rest of your life. That's amazing. And I think creativity and the value of creativity is we, we just don't really spend enough time on it. And I don't think we talk about it enough. So I'm, I'm super excited to share this with everyone today because I think it really is a tool that we need to use more of in our personal and in our work life. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your singing background and then how that transitioned you into deciding to go after this personal development with creativity coaching? You know, how did you get interested in that? Yeah, it's been kind of a a winding journey. I suppose a lot of people are, but I started to dance when I was four and I got on stage for a dance concert at that point. And I just had this moment of like, this is it. This is what I want to do. So I loved being on stage. I love the expression. I love the connection with the audience. And I just decided, I went and told my parents, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And they thought it was cute. And, you know, like, sure you are. And I never changed my mind. So my form of creativity shifted over time. I moved into theater and I moved into musical theater and I moved into um, writing music and acting and all different types of stuff. But my goal was to move out to LA and to, you know, start to pursue what I wanted to do. Wanted to be known for um, my creativity, my expression and have that connect with people. Came out here for acting and for music. And after doing a little little bit of it, I decided that music was actually an easier thing to pursue because I could make a lot more stuff happen. You know, I could write the songs, I could put out the album, I could book all the shows. And so I could take a more active role in what I was doing. Uh And at that point, I fell in love with it. And that was the end of that story. So really fell into the music thing. And the goal was to get a record contract. So yeah, the goal was to get a record deal. And I 
was a starving artist in Hollywood for a while. And, you know, there's some sort of weird glamour to that, but it's actually not that fun. <laughs> and um, eventually I got the, the record contract. And at that moment, I just assumed that my entire life was solved. You know, like, this is what I want. This is what I've been working toward. I have it. And so we got into this amazing studio and we were recording my songs and all these musicians were brought in and we had a show we were putting together with dancers and, you know, there's choreographers. It was just like so cool. And I was just very, very excited. Um, and as, as anyone listening might know, like there's about to be a, but, and so what <laughs> happened <laughs> was that the uh, label called me in and they said, we're actually folding. And so everything that we've done is not going to see the light of day. Wow. Sorry. So at that point I was, you know, pretty devastated. They also said, you can buy the songs back from us, but it's $50,000. Oh my gosh. And I said, well, that's great. I don't have $50,000. So like my heart and soul in those things was just gone. The dream was taken away. It was a, you know, sort of traumatic moment, just having your dreams and having them all go away. So I, fell into sort of a downward spiral where I got into a bad place. And looking back at it now, it was actually a really amazing moment because it allowed me to get where I am now. But at that point, it was awful. And she had to leave LA for a while. I went back to my hometown, kind of worked on putting myself back together. And at that point, I really leaned into the music in a more, a deeper way, and more of like a healing way. And at that point, I, I just, um, I knew that it had more power than I had been giving it before. And that was a really interesting concept that it could help heal me. And it did. And so I put myself back together in a stronger way, a more connected way. And I moved myself back out to LA. And um, my music now is a little bit deeper and, you know, more complex. And it actually connected better with people, which I guess makes sense if I say it out loud now. And then I started to get other opportunities like um, making music videos and getting songs in TV shows and movies and all kinds of interesting stuff happened from there. And I had to really think like, is this really what I want? Is this what matters? And I decided it was the self-expression. But what really started to make sense to me is to help other people do this because I had had this ability always to do this. And it's been amazing for me. And the toolkit of creativity has helped me in all parts of my life. And so I decided I want to help other people tap into that because if we were all using that part of ourselves, I think that the world would just be a happier place. And so whatever I can contribute to that, I want to do. And I founded a creative self-revolution. That's amazing. What I love is, you know, one, I think you're right, calling it a creative toolbox. of. So I think one thing I want to make clear is that creativity, even though you're talking about the singing and dance and things, it has to do with so much more, right, than just if you're a painter or a singer or a writer. And, and we'll get more into that here in a little bit. But let, let me ask you, how did you use creativity to, or how can other people use creativity to prove where they've been and heal something or just improve a part of their life that maybe they're struggling with or that they don't feel like they have full control of? Yeah, it's a great question. And part of it is, is a mindset shift. There's a lot of mindset work that I do when I work with people just because that's the first thing that really has to move. And you also need to start giving yourself permission to look inward and to try stuff and to be messy and to, to deal with some things that maybe are a little bit harder for you. But if you dive into those things, like one of the things I like to tell people to do is just um, stream of consciousness writing and getting things out. You could call it morning pages or, or whatever you want to call it. 
But doing that just starts to connect you to yourself. And one of the healing mechanisms of it, I think, is if you're feeling a fear or anxiety about something and you get it outside of yourself, whether that's you can draw something or you can um, write it, it loses power right away. So as soon as it's not in your head, like you can see it more objectively. And the more of those things you get out, you just start to feel like weight lifted off of yourself and you're able to sort of deal with your life better. And it causes you already to be kinder with other people just because you are not carrying around all this stuff anymore. It is now outside in a different way. Wow, I love that because I think a lot of people put creativity in the box of this is about, you know, painting a picture or something. And you're really talking about how how we get these feelings and these thoughts and, and how we're thinking out. And basically, we're, ex- we're learning how to be more expressive. Mm-hmm. and to be more open to that part of ourselves. And that's, that's really cool. I think, I don't think a lot of people think of it in that way. So I think that's great. So let me ask you, I hear from people all the time. Even my husband says this, he says, Oh, I'm not very creative. I'm not a good gift giver. I can't think of ideas. And you know, every time I say, Oh my goodness, stop. So can creativity be improved? Can it be learned? Is it something we all have? What can you share with us about that? My perspective on that is it's something that we all have. And I think that human beings were gifted with creativity. And if you think about animals, like I love animals, but they cannot paint a picture. They can't play the guitar. Like they just don't have that. And we do. And we all have it when we're younger. Like there's really not a kid who doesn't draw or dream or any of that stuff. So it is there. I think what happens is we lose touch with it or it's society tells us this is not an important thing. Doing art is not important. It's not valued. And that's something else I would like to change if I had my way. And so it's sort of undoing a lot of stuff to get back to that place where you can connect with that again, because it is there. And the statement, I am not creative is actually not helping you (laughs) to get back to that place. Because the more you say you're reinforcing it in your own mind that like, this is not who I am. But in fact, we all have that capability. And if we want to, we can enhance it. You're so right. I mean, our culture is, you know, especially in the US, and then obviously our school systems, they they say, right, each year as kids get older and they ask kids, you know, are you an artist or are you creative, right? In in preschool or kindergarten, everybody raises their hand. But then each year, the percentage drops and drops and drops until late elementary, middle school and high school, almost no one raises their hands because it's kind of been trained out of us, right? We're not being rewarded for that creative thinking and that creative processing. Instead, we're being rewarded by staying in line and getting our answers right that are based on memorization and things like that. 100%. You you stated that really well. And I actually just heard that story yesterday that, you know, that all the kids will raise their hand in kindergarten and it just starts to go down. And um, I thought that was interesting because a lot of my mindset around it was like puberty is when you just start to get really self-conscious and you lose that sort of freedom of play that you have when you're younger. And it's getting that back because it is valuable. Like if we're all in in a straight line, we're all boxed in. It's we're not fully being. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I agree with you because it's it's super important to me, creativity and playfulness and curiosity and exploration. And I think all of those are undervalued in the workplace as much as in the home. And so I, why don't you tell us what are the benefits of being creative? Yeah, so it's, it's partly um, connection with self. And I think the really interesting thing is it connects with you, but creativity also connects with other people. It connects you to the world. So it has these sort of like threefold 
benefit. And in the workplace, like the more you're able to kind of think outside the box or more willing to try stuff and, and not be stifled in, you get better ideas. There's more innovation and companies want innovation. They want interesting things to be coming out. If you're able to tap into that, it helps with relationships. Let's say you're dating and you're just really head down, not willing to try anything like it doesn't it doesn't work very well. So it just it's sort of a more of a comfort with yourself, which I think then translates into better relationships, better work. And also you just you gain a confidence the more that you tap into it. And you try stuff and maybe it doesn't work, but you feel okay about that. And you try you keep going, you keep going and you sort of learn that I can do some things and this is pretty cool. And that confidence allows you to then maybe ask for a better job or speak up if you're in a relationship that's not quite working. And so those things all start to um, uplevel your life. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing I always love is that if you think, if you think adventure is dangerous, try routine, it's lethal. I think the message you had in that last statement was if we're not being creative, right, we're probably not being spontaneous or we're not trying, like, for instance, if you go to the same restaurant always, or you always watch a movie with your significant other, probably the other person might not really be very excited about that over time. So I think spontaneity and then even that serendipity that happens by, like you said, trying something new, saying, what would happen if I did this or if I tried this new, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a different restaurant or you're trying, like you said, writing down ideas. I think that's, uh, you know, really interesting, you know, that it's not just about like, oh, I'm creative, but it's, it's really about how you're approaching life. Yeah. And I think that people define living in different ways. But to me, like waking up in the morning, uh, drinking your coffee, going to work, coming home, eating a you know microwave dinner, going to bed. <laughs> to me, that's not really fully living. And I think a lot of people, you know, when they do interviews at the end of people's lives and they say, what do you regret? And it's like all the, the chances they didn't take. And why didn't I follow that dream? And so I think if you're you're willing to do those things, even though it's scary and it doesn't always work, like you're just, you're more alive in the moment and you have the less regrets at the end. Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with that. Let me ask you what, what are some exercises people can do to add more creativity into their lives or into processes that they're, you know, that they already maybe have? Yeah. So I would definitely do the stream of consciousness one. I actually led a workshop yesterday where I did a creative visualization, which I led and then people whatever they felt or saw in that place, they were able to write or draw what that was. Some people, the great thing is that you you can't process verbally. And so if you draw something, you're able to actually process better. Some people are very verbal. And so if they try to draw, it doesn't work. But there's so many different aspects of creativity that you can use that you'll find one that works or several that work for you. So that's one thing. Another exercise I think is kind of fun is this one called complete and incomplete picture. And you could go online and Google like, incomplete picture, print out some things and you just have to, without thinking about it, just finish whatever it is. And the interesting thing about that is that nobody's will come out the same. And that's what I love about creativity in general is like, if you, if you give anybody the same assignment or you said to anybody, what did that song mean? Everyone's going to have a different perspective on it. And the, the more you get comfortable expressing your own perspective and you get more clarity about what that is, it's really helpful. Writing as somebody else and this is a really interesting one because it might seem like counterintuitive. How is that get, getting to know myself better? But if you're getting out of your head for a minute, that is one of the great things about creativity is escapism. So if you think about how you feel when you watch a Pixar movie or something and you're just out into that other world, and then when you come back, like you, you sort of have more space 
in your heart and in your mind to deal with whatever's happening. So there's an escapism that can happen from um, art that's been created. And it's also interesting to think that if you create something, it might do that for somebody else, which allows you to have more compassion for yourself. And I would say that one of the first things that people can do is just just start trying this. Like maybe you need to close the door and lock it and never show anybody what you do. But just blocking out the time, like block out 30 minutes, three times a week in your calendar so that it is, you can't skip it and just start to use that time and, you know, find some exercises or find a coach to, to help you with that and start to just allow the time because that's the thing people skip. You know, if there's anything in your schedule that you're going to skip over, it's like, oh, well, the creativity thing, yeah, that's, that's the least important, but actually that moment you take for yourself is very important. So I think it's blocking out the time. It's starting to um, allow yourself to feel different things and giving yourself permission to not do it well and to be okay with that and to explore. Yeah. So there's actually two points I want to bring up about that. I don't know if you've read Chase Jarvis's book, Creative Calling, mm-hmm. but in, in it, I was just glancing at it today. In one of the chapters, he's talking about scheduling time and he's talking about your creative time, right? Uh, and But what I like is he's kind of calling you out and saying, look, this is scheduling time, not for setting up the tool like Photoshop, not for, you know, getting your supplies out, not for looking for inspiration on Instagram. It's for the making and the doing and the experimenting in the creative process. So I thought that was really cool because he's, you know, kind of pointing out that you might think, oh, I'm spending an hour being creative, but really you spent five minutes by the time you spun through social and you set everything up. And so, you know, his point is, is like, that's not counting. That's not actually your scheduled time, that sort of preparation or you being distracted and not actually focusing on the creative work. So I thought that was an interesting point. And then you brought up, oh, and then I know in several, several books I've read that are talking about creativity or for artists, there's a debate about, is it quantity or quality? But the, the, the thing I've seen there, the headline is it's actually um, quantity because if you spent a month on one painting, you're, you're just working on the same technique, the same skill. But if you, for instance, they, they use a pottery bowl as an example, if you spent all year and you only made four pottery bowls, they might be the most amazing pottery bowls. But if you made a new pottery bowl every day, just through the creative process, you're going to have figured things out like, oh, wait, if I just made this little change, look what happens. And so by the end of the the year, you will have literally come up with an entirely new concept or design. You know, it has to do with creativity as well. I thought that's kind of an interesting point. Absolutely. And I think that actually relates to something I'm seeing a lot of people struggle with right now is just being in COVID and having that sort of monotony of every day is exactly the same and you're not doing anything different. So that's something that creativity can help break up right now. And I think finding yourself at this moment, because a lot of us have just sort of shut down in the past year or, you know, people over time, they start to define themselves by other relationships or their job or whatever it might be. And taking the time to break out of the monotony of whatever you're doing to try something else. And it, it can be scary. And that's the thing is just to try to start to be fearless, which, of course, doesn't mean you're not scared. It just means you're scared and you do it anyway. And the more often you do that, the more courage and you know confidence you get. So I think it's you're right that it's something that like just keep going, keep doing it, keep doing the process. It's not going to come out perfectly every time. But. I think sometimes people make the mistake of like, they look at an artist and they look at this beautiful song at the end. Sometimes the song comes out right away like that, Mm -hmm. at least for me. 
But a lot of the time, there's so many iterations that come before that, and you're just seeing this end product, and people get intimidated by that. But if they saw the entire mess on the way there, you know, it's actually encouraging. So I think it's allowing yourself to to go through that process and sort of see what happens and be curious about it rather than judgmental. Judgment and creativity is, is devastating. Yeah. And I think, think that has a lot to do with it, right? Is we have to be opened and we have to, we should be open to curiosity, you know, really challenging ourselves to question everything. And I don't mean question in a negative way, but question, how does that work? Oh my gosh, look at that flower. You know, it's, so just being in a, there's a book, another book that I've been reading. I haven't finished it, but it's called one, the wonder switch by Harris the third, but it's basically about, we all have this wonder switch, but a lot of us get it turned off. So it's, it's obviously talking about creativity and all those things. We aren't curious. Then we're often not using a, like our imagination in a positive way. We're using it more for anxiety and fear and worry instead of we're using wonder or curiosity for a positive thing. And so I think that's super important. You know, we kind of have to shift our thinking in that way. That's a great point. And that also relates back to COVID because we have become very good at get, being worried and, and anxious in the past year. And we develop those thought patterns over and over again. So a lot of what we need to do is like rewire them in a different way. And that curiosity is just, I think that's what keeps people young too. Like I look at my dad and he's so curious about everything and he's always trying something and he does yeah. science and he plays the banjo and like he'll just keep doing stuff. And he's got this youth to him. Yeah. Whereas uh, some people who they just, they shut down and they stop. They just think, oh, I know everything I'm going to know. It's not true. You can always learn something and you always grow when you try that. Yeah, that actually, that reminds me, my mom is very similar. She's a professional artist and has done all sorts of stuff. We had the business together, but she considers her, spell, her, her art practice an experimental practice because she's always doing new things. She does abstract. She does cement sculptures that are six feet tall. Every day she's doing new art. She's learning new techniques. And you're right. You know, she's, I always say she's the biggest kid I know, truly, (laughs) you know, but it's because she has that sense of wonder and that sense of curiosity. She loves playing in the creek and looking for rocks, you know, but it's because she never lost that sense. She's not, like I said, she's one of the lucky ones, right? Because most Mm -hmm. of us have to find that in us again and pull it out if it got hidden down a bit. Yeah. I mean, I just was thinking about this the other day is that we have this as kids, then we learn a whole bunch of other stuff and we cover it, we cover it, we cover it. And then we spend the next however long decades uncovering, uncovering and uncovering. It's just sort of interesting that that's the journey. Mm -hmm. And I'm one of the lucky ones too, in that I've maintained my creativity, but I've definitely had stuff, you know, come on top of it that I need to undo. Yeah. And just what I've seen in, in my friends and my family and other people is just that they they lost that spark or they they just lost who they are and they don't know anymore or they, they got defined by something else for some period of time because they were, you know, 50 hours a day in their job and like, you know, they didn't do anything else or they had four kids and that's all they can manage for a while. And then they're at the end of that. The kids are gone. Yeah. Well, who am I now? Like, how do I how do I find that again? Yeah, Absolutely. Do you think from your perspective, people are better off trying new creative things lots, you know, all the time or even just sticking with one type of creative expression? Is there any? Um, I mean, I think there's arguments for both. Like what I like to do is when I work with them is to take them through the mindset thing and then to try out the different mediums because whatever you might have used before, it might not be what connects with you now. So I think I kind of go more with the argument of let try a bunch of different things and start to see what works. And then spend some time in that lane developing that thing. Mm -hmm. But then always be open to trying different lanes because I think each thing informs something else. Like if you draw something, it might inform an idea for 
a song somehow, or if you're doing a song, you suddenly might think, what if I paint this thing? So everything can kind of overlap. Do you have a creative prompt you do daily, or do you try to do creative work, you know, or schedule in creative time in your day or week? Um, I definitely do creative stuff every day. I'm, I'm a night owl. So my stuff happens (laughs) at night, which is one of the wonderful things of having a business on your own is that you can (laughs) block time the way that you need to. So my creative instincts come at night. And so that's when I, that's when I do it. I tend to write like most days something and then music usually comes at night as well. So I would say yes, every, every day I'm doing something, but I don't necessarily have it defined a hundred percent just because I am tapped into it. Whereas what I would recommend for somebody who's just getting back into it is definitely to block that time until you can kind of, your body just knows that it needs to do it at some part of the day. You need to teach it that that's part of what you need. Right. Now that makes sense. So for you, right, it's already part of your habit. Whereas for someone that's maybe not been doing, you know, working in that part of their life or opening up to that, they that's where we need to kind of block out time, you know, during the day to, or at least several times during the week. So right. That, and to like develop that new habit for yourself. Yeah. I like that. One last question, then we'll, we'll wrap it up with how people can find you online. For most of your life, you've obviously been a self-employed person. I mean, I'm guessing when you first went to LA, you really probably had, you know, jobs and things, but can you tell us anything about kind of jumping into, you know, having your own business and working for yourself? What finally clicked for you or made you say like, I'm going to go after this thing because this is what I really want to do. And I'm willing to take that risk or I'm willing to be afraid and still do it. Is there any advice or or kind of how you went through that, that you might want to share? The first thing that's coming to mind is a change in self-definition, because I thought of myself, I'm an artist, and that is what I am. And I got very, very strictly, this is it, I can't do anything else. So I had day jobs, I had every day job you could possibly think of while I was still pursuing things. You know, I got to a point where that was draining me as, as it can. And I happened to meet somebody who said, you're an entrepreneur. And I said, what? No, I'm an artist, you know? <laughs> so, um, and then she also was an artist and she had her own business and she taught other people how to make businesses. And I just, for some reason, opened at that moment and thought, maybe I can shift this definition. Maybe this doesn't undefine all the other stuff and started to see that like, I am an entrepreneur and the, the creation of a business is actually a creative thing. Like you are putting something together. It is not boring and it is constantly shifting and you're constantly like iterating it. And so I think it was a lot of a a shift in definition for myself. And then also just like the freedom that it allows you to have, like once you can do that and you can set your own schedule and it is scary to learn something like that. You know, a lot of artists are use one side of their brain and businesses use the other. I happen to be able to use both, but I think that a lot of you can learn to use both of them. And I think that it's very empowering to create your own business. Again, you're going to fail along the way and then pick yourself back up. But I think working with somebody was very valuable to me, like working with a coach to show me how it's done. And now that I know that, I can take that and use it to create any kind of a business I want. That's something I'd recommend to people. But just to sort of, it's a valuing of yourself and it's a, a broadening of what you think of that you are. No, I actually think that's great. Uh, that's a great example that you shared because at the end of the day, what you're saying is I envisioned or I identified myself as one thing. And when I, my eyes were opened up to the opportunity that I could, I could be something different and I could believe that about myself, that that's possible. Then you were able to say, how would I step into that? So really the point was, is the first 
how we get to become an entrepreneur if we're not already is that we have to realize like, this is possible for me. I don't have to keep doing what I'm doing. And I just have to imagine and and realize, visualize, I could be this new identity, right? I could be an entrepreneur. Like like anyone could be an entrepreneur if you're willing to put in the work, you know? And, And like you said, get the resources you need to do that. Yeah, I think that for probably most people, that's that's the best way. For me, it was very much like, am I going to lose all of my artistic self if I create a business? So it was knowing that I could be an artist and I could be a business owner. And like I can take that part of myself and, and infuse it into my business and it makes it better. Like I don't have to stop that part. So I think, yeah, it's either a switch of definition or it's just a broadening of I am this and I am this. And it's, uh, you know, like you said, it's imagining and believing that you can possibly take that leap. That's good. I know a lot of people now call themselves like they're multi-passionate or, you know, multi-hyphenated different things in their, you know, their different interests and careers and passions. And even several several people use this term, but I know even one writer and artist, uh, Jeff Goins, has a podcast called The Portfolio Life, right? But it's all about you just because you're a writer, first and foremost, you probably do lots of other creative work and have multiple ventures. And that's one, okay. And actually, it's, it's a really great place to live, right? Because you have lots of things going on. And those type of people tend to be thinking really creatively and seeing new opportunities. So I think that's, that's neat. And I think if more people can identify that way that haven't yet, I think their eyes will be open to so many more opportunities that could be right there in front of them. I w- yes, I would totally agree. And I would add that this is also an amazing moment for that. Like since so many things have moved online, the ability to take a bi- make a business and do it from your home and you don't need all the capital to start that you would need before. You don't need a storefront. Like this is a moment that there's so many possibilities. Whereas, you know, 30, 40 years ago, it would have been more difficult. So if you've ever kind of considered it, like this is amazing time to, to try it. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, there's more people this last year, whether out of necessity, right? Like they got let go or out of just being in such a place that they were so unhappy, right? With their past thing that they said, and they, they, a lot of people, we took inventory of our lives and because we had more downtime, possibly people said, you know what, I'm not really happy with how this has been. And so in that case, those people started their own businesses or are considering starting a business because to your point, now is the best time. You know, there's a lot of opportunity. That's a really good point. I think that's so, and so many people can, like people think you have to be a certain type to do it. And again, it's it's just sort of loosening that in your mind that you are one of those people too. Like yeah, can- and I say that all the time, everyone has something to offer someone. It might be that you, you know, can bring together two types of your skills or experience. It might be that you're, you know, you taught 10th grade, but you're great at resume resume writing or helping kids do their applications for college. Like there's always a way into something you have knowledge that someone wants that wants to learn from you. I think there are, there's so many ways you could, you could monetize that. And it also brings in creativity again, because creativity is bringing disparate things together sometimes. So you have this part of your personality and that part of your personality. And then there's actually this miraculous way that they can overlap and serve somebody. And I think that's, that's really helped me to just think of serving um, rather than selling, like, how can I help somebody else? I have this thing that maybe is, is useful and we all have something like that. Like you yeah. said. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. That's wonderful. I have really loved our conversation today. I think it'll be really inspiring to a lot of people and I hope it will encourage lots more people to 
try to at least, you know, learn more about being creative or try to maybe just do something outside of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Why don't you share with the listeners, where can they find you online and what other little goodies do you want to share with them? So I've got a few different things. Like probably the easiest thing to do would be to find me on Instagram. If that's your thing, I'm at creative self revolution and that's on all the platforms. And I have some, some goodies in there where I have like a free ebook on how to get unstuck. So five ways to reconnect with your creativity, really simple thing that you can just start to do. So it's like a free download. And I also have like a a complimentary discovery call that we could just get on and talk some more about this doesn't mean you have to do anything other than that. But if this intrigued you in any way, maybe just sort of see like what the next step might be. That's also in my bio on Instagram. But if you are somebody who can remember letters easily, I'll just say it out loud for a moment, which is bit.ly slash CSR dash consult. And I think maybe that'll be in a link in the uh, podcast as well. But those are places that you can find me. I'm also just happy to to follow people back if they happen to find me there. Wonderful. Hi, this has been a great conversation, Alex. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you. You too. And I just want to share this quote by Robert Coles. We all need empty hours in our lives or we will have no time to create or dream. And I can't imagine a life where we're not creating or being curious or dreaming. So I hope that you'll make those things a priority in your life because I think building a life you love incorporates those key elements. And thanks again for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can check out freebies and resources we have for you at kristenfitch.com. And if you have ideas for the show or guests that you'd like to recommend, I'd love to hear from you. So DM me on Instagram at kristenfitch, or you can email me from the website. Thanks so much. Until next time, have a great week.